Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Amen. It makes the pill go down easier. (laughs) Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I want to give you two things. I know that you that are here in the auditorium may have already had these announcements, but I'm going to give them to you again. Uh, this Friday, if you're interested in or you are involved, and we have our what we call the team night because God's building a team. Amen. It's not going to rest upon one person or even one church what God's doing in these last days. It's our team night. It's time to get refreshed. Now, if you're not involved, we want to encourage you to get involved. And we're inviting you as well. We're going to have a time of fellowship. And not only just a time of fellowship, we're also going to press into God. God wants hungry hearts. He does not want us to try to do something for Him. One of the greatest mistakes we ever make is think that We're going to do something for God. Now listen very carefully. God's not interested in what you do for Him. He's interested in what you do with Him. He wants wants to do things with you, and he, He wants you to want to do things with Him, not independent of Him. And for years, I heard preachers make this statement. It's not quite true, and I, if, if I make these statements, this is not pushing off on people. We walk in the knowledge that we have at the moment. You follow? But you have to understand the times that we live in, and I'll touch on that in a moment. But he used to say, only the things done for, what's done for Christ will last. That's not true. Only things done with Christ will last. You will not stand before God and give account for what you did. You're going to give account to God for what He told you to do. Are you, are you understanding the difference? Sometimes we come up with good ideas, but they're not necessarily God ideas. Wow, that went really big. Uh, well, let me encourage you to go back and listen to Pastor Zona on Wednesday. The Bible tells us, and I never associated with it, uh, we're talking about humility. He tells us to be clothed with humility. Wow, that means you got to put on your humility clothes. Shout me down. If you came to church thinking you got your act together, I got news for you, you don't. Are you, are you, are you understanding? See, we act like, well, when we get born again, uh, we got our act together. No, you don't. You just started. God's got to change you. He's going to transform you from conformity to the world to being transformed into where God can work through you as well as in you. It takes humility. Humility puts you in a state whereby you can be teachable. There's not a person in the sound of my voice that doesn't need to be taught. Hello, all. <laughs> need to be taught and trained by God. 
And Paul said, I don't know anything as I ought to know it. And Paul had some divine revelations, made some key things that we, the church, enjoy today if we stay clothed with humility. And Pastor Zona has been touching on it for the last couple of, uh, I said Wednesday, it's actually Thursday morning, sorry. Thursday morning. And I want you to go back and listen to it. Thank God that we have modern technology so you don't have to miss out. But don't get lazy with your modern technology and use it for entertainment. Are you, are you hearing me? If you do, you're going to miss out. You cannot catch a, the vision of what God wants to do by listening a couple of times a month. It's impossible. Because you're going to be filled with all the false narratives of this world system. You're going to get sidetracked. You're going to lose your focus off of God and you're going to miss your opportunity. I'm saying that to all of us. Okay? Because it's easy to get sidetracked. Amen? Amen? Now, one last thing. Another announcement. And then we're going to jump right into this. And so you better get ready to move because I'm going to move quickly. Got a lot of scripture to read. Oh, dear God, we're going to be here till 2 o'clock. <laughs> Not really. Uh, <clears throat> the next two Wednesday nights, we're going to talk about navigating through the financial crisis. There is a financial crisis in the world system. That final financial crisis is what's causing wars. There's all kinds of wars. We got a physical war that's taking place between Russia and the Ukraine right now. But there is also financial wars that are going on between Russia, China, and the United States. These are the three, quote, superpowers in our generation. And there is a crisis that is unfolding. And let me say, in each one of those superpowers, the problem has been that there have been oligarchs or those that are in a level up here that think because they have a certain amount of money they are to govern everybody and we become pawns in their hands. The Bible has an answer. Okay? I am not going to focus on that tonight. The next two Wednesday nights, the auditorium will be open. You can view by live stream. But you better pay attention because if you don't, you're not going to know what's going to unfold and there are three types of people that I have discovered that are in the church. Those who make things happen. Those who watch what happens. And then the third one is those that are wondering what happened. <laughs> We've been wondering the last couple of years what is going on in the world. Remember this last verse that I'll give you that Paul told Timothy, the love of money is the root of all evil. Listen carefully what it says. It didn't say money was. It says the love of it. After you've had a billion dollars, 
How much more do you need? Control, power. You follow? That's why the tithe is very important. The tithing is very important because it delivers you from greed. And that's where I'm going to stop. There are answers. Okay? I know some of you are going to say, well, he's going to talk about tithing. Well, you got to find out. All right. We're going to talk about part number three to the fullness of Christ. Father, I thank you that your spirit is here. Holy Spirit, you're here to illuminate our understanding. We clear our minds and we open up our hearts in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the entrance of your word, bringing light and understanding. We thank you right now that you would give me clear thought and accurate words to convey that in Jesus' name. Amen. I w I'm just going to touch on a couple of things so that I can refresh you, your memory if you haven't, in case you haven't been following. In Colossians chapter 1, don't turn there, but in Colossians chapter 1, you will find out what the mystery of Christ is. Now, the word Christ is very important, and most people don't get it. Most Christians have no understanding of what the word Christ means. Yeah, well, that's the name of Jesus. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The word Christ is not referred to as just the last name, like Ronald Allen. Okay? It goes much deeper than that. The word Christ means the anointed one. And you can go back into the Old Testament and look at the prophets and they foretold of the Messiah, that's the word that's interchangeable in the Old Testament under the Hebrew, is the word Messiah. In the New Testament, is written in Greek, and so it's the word Christ. Now that means the anointed one and, listen carefully, his anointing. Now, what is the anointing? The anointing in a book of Isaiah, chapter 10, verse 28, that the anointing removes burdens and destroys yokes. Our generation is under a burden and is yoked with the law of sin and death. Okay? Fallen human nature is under the law of sin and death. And God says, and, and in fact, Paul used this in the book of Romans, that the law of the spirit life in Christ Jesus sets me free from the law of sin and death. Okay. Now, this anointing, the word anoint, is a, is a word that you need to grasp. 
because anoint means to, if you were going to anoint your hands, let's say they're cry, cracked and they're dry and they're rough and they're, they're you know what I mean, they're very uh, sore. How many of you ever had that work like that and your, your hands got dried out and they got, got sore? And, they, and then what you do, you go, you go find some hand lotion and then you take it, put some in your hand and you rub it in. Okay, you rub it in. You don't just put it on there, you rub it in. What do you want it to do? You want it to sink into the hand. Once it's sunk into the hand, it not only brings relief, but it makes the hand more pliable because it delivers it from the pain and the crackness and the soreness. I've had my hands where they've been sore and dry and cracked, and I'm out there working, doing hard labor, and guess what? I've had my hands bleed while I'm working. Are you following? So I use, you use that to rub in. Now, when it comes to the Christian, the believer, can, you got my stuff? Okay, you got it behind me. In fact, can you help me put it over here because I want them to see it. When you get born again, most people think that all that born again, and we touched this, but all that born again means the only reason why Jesus came was to pay for our sin debt so that when we die, leave this body, we go to heaven. And I make this statement, and sometimes people laugh, and, and it is funny, but, <laughs> but it's not funny because it's true. A lot of people think that all that is is to, go, is to take you to heaven. Now, that's not the case. That if you got born again, it seems like to me that the best thing for you to happen to you or I when we get asked Jesus into our heart, if heaven was the goal, that he would turn to his angel Scotty and say, beam them up before they screw up. Right. <laughs> now, how many of you know that after you ask Jesus into your heart, you're still here? The whole purpose of Jesus coming was not to take you to heaven, but to put heaven in you. Now, if you let that sink in for a moment, to put heaven in you. The whole goal of Jesus was to, to the end purpose, the end game, where we're going, is to set up the kingdom of heaven on earth. Can you agree with that? Okay. So what does that mean? What, what does that mean? We're all looking forward to Jesus coming. And in reality, my, my dad used to make this statement. For years he'd make this statement. And you know, I'm kind of wondering, you know, well, yeah, 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 yeah. About like half of, uh, of people that I talked to. I didn't say there were any here this morning. <laughs> Before Jesus comes for the church, he's coming in the church. Yes. Now, I don't mean in this building. Okay? I mean in the individual member. Listen carefully what I'm fixing to say. Individual member of the body of Christ. 
He's coming in here. To work through you, he's got to work in you. And the world needs him to work in you so that he can work through you. Are you following me? Now, when he does so, he will correct, change, discipline, rebuke if necessary. You know, I got to thinking about this. If you go back and listen to Pastor Zona, she's talking about Peter a lot. Think about this. Here's the man that Jesus asked him, who, you know, who do, Matthew 16, who do you say that I am? And Peter popped up and says, Thou art the Christ. The what? Christ. The anointed one. Yes. The son of the living God. Jesus turned to him and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you. And upon this rock, what rock? You wouldn't talk about Peter, are you kidding me? Because when I, when I show you the next part, you're going to say, I understand. He wasn't talking about Peter. He was talking about the anointed one and his anointing. That's how he's going to build his church. Right after that, just not too many chapters later, maybe just a couple at the most. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> Do you know what would happen to most people today if he made that sound? Jesus just rebuked me. Really? Wow, that went really big. Okay. How would you like Jesus to say that to you, by the way? I didn't say Ronnie Allen. I said Jesus. You think that deflate your human ego? Absolutely. That's what he's after. He's not interested in your self-confidence. He's interested in your God-confidence. Your confidence better rest in the right place. So Jesus is building his church and it's the body of Christ. Your members, Corinthians says, of the body of Christ, meaning that you are a member of the anointed one's anointing. Now what is that anointing? It removes burdens and it destroys yokes. Right? right. Now, just to let you know something, because you've got to pay attention right here. This is one of the most amazing things. Here Jesus is, the Son of God. God, let me put it like this. The Bible says the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in Jesus. So God Almighty in human flesh form walked on this earth for 30 years did not remove one burden, did not destroy one yoke. There were no miracles for 30 years. None. This is amazing. This is just, I mean, you just kind of let your, it makes your mouth drop. You have no recording of any miracles. What was he doing for 30 years? The Bible says that Jesus learned obedience. He what? 
He what? Now think about that. You better go home and think about that. That, that amazes me. This is God in flesh form. And he learned obedience for 30 years. Then, after 30 years, he goes to John the Baptist, who is baptizing in the wilderness. And he's, in fact, John says, I'm not worthy to even unbuckle your shoes. And you want to be baptized me, uh, of me? And he says, it must be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets. So he's baptized in water. Now listen carefully. He's baptized in water that the scriptures might be fulfilled. As he comes up out of the waters of baptism, the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove would descend. And, he, and the Holy Ghost comes on him. Acts chapter 10 verse 38 is a very important verse of scripture. Important. I mean, it needs to be highlighted many times. How God, this is, this is what it says in King James, how God anointed, did what? Rubbed himself in Jesus of Nazareth. Up until that time, he is not referred to the Christ other than Peter foretelling it by, the, by, by the, the Spirit of the Father. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. After that happened, we see immediately he's led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil 40 days. He comes out after he, he's tempted of the devil 40 days. That's when we begin to see the miraculous. If you would, the supernatural. Okay? So we have to understand that Jesus came so that he can anoint you with the Holy Ghost and with power. Wow. So you'd be a do-gooder. Because your fallen human flesh don't want you to be a good do-gooder. It wants to think about itself. Just throwing that out there. Now, let's go to the book of Ephesians just to confirm this. You've heard me talk, so let's, let's go to the book of Ephesians for a few, few minutes. In the book of Ephesians, mm, in the book of Ephesians, chapter number 1, and for time's sake, I know that I'm reading quite a bit, but I, I, I want to help you to see this, and uh, we'll start with verse number 9 and read through the end of verse thir uh, 23. And by the way, remember the title, The Fullness of Christ. All right, verse 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. What is the mystery of his will? That Christ be in you. That Christ be in you. In fact, Colossians 1 says, 
Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, okay? According to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, watch this, he might gather together in one, in one, all things in Christ. Pay attention right here. To gather together all things in one, all things where? In the anointed one and his anointing. Okay? Watch this. Both which are in heaven and which are on earth. Wow. Even in him, in whom we have obtained an inheritance. We have obtained through the blood of Jesus an inheritance. What is that inheritance? His anointing. Where he rubs himself in to our born again spirit. So that our spirit can become one with His Spirit. There will never be unity in the body of Christ until the body of Christ becomes united in Christ. Okay? This, it's, everything in heaven and earth is going to come to one thing. To be united in Christ. Wow. In whom we have an inheritance being predestinated. That word predestinated means he marked this off in advance. This is where I'm going to take people. Humanity. When was it marked off? From the foundation of the world. You and I live in a, at the climax of this age. It's called the church age. The church has got to wake up to the fact that we're the church because we've been baptized into his anointing. We're not just trying to escape hell. Everybody here? If that's all you think, thank God when you die, you're going to go to heaven. But you're going to be in kindergarten when you get there. Because you're missing the whole thing if you don't unite in Christ. You've got to become one with him. And there are things on this earth, if you're earthly minded, I'm going to promise you that will make you miss this. Carnal mindedness will make you totally be oblivious to anything I'm saying. All right. Predestined us according to the purpose of him who worketh all things. God's at work in this generation. He's working on something. All things after the counsel of his will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in what? Notice he doesn't use the word, he doesn't use the, the Jesus of Nazareth. He uses the word Christ. 
Jesus refers to his humanity. Okay. In whom also you trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed. Everybody say after. After, after what? You believed. Now listen very carefully because I'm going to, I know that I will probably, you could easily get derailed right here if you don't pay attention. The purpose of this is the water that's inside. Are you listening? This glass has no function unless it's full of something. The whole purpose, this represents the anointing of Jesus poured out. In the last days, I'm going to pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. You follow? They'll see visions. And Peter is the one that stood up and said on the day of Pentecost, this is that which was prophesied by Joel the prophet in Joel chapter 2. He's going to do what? Pour. What's he going to pour? He's going to pour the anointing. Now let me help you understand something right here. When we're talking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we're talking about the person, the spirit, the personality, the nature, the character, the life, the power of Christ. Do yes. you understand what we're talking about here? Too many Christians are getting born again and doing the best they can while they're here on earth, hoping that when I die and I get to heaven, it'll be worth all the misery that I've went through here on earth. There's more to your salvation than just forgiveness of sins. God starts with the forgiveness of sins. How many of you know there has to be more to life than just, you know, going to church on Sunday, listen to Pastor Ronnie spit at us, having no understanding whatsoever what's going on, enduring that little time we have with him. You'll miss that. And then going home, getting ready for work the next day, working for 40 years, hoping I can put something back for retirement, and then when I do reach retirement, I get to go on one 10 or 15 year fishing trip and then die and go to heaven. You've been a good little Christian. No, you haven't. If you don't understand what this is all about. Heaven has never been the goal to take you there. It's to put heaven in you. To whether you're here in this body or you're out of this body, you're here to fulfill the will of God. And let me tell you, this generation needs a demonstration of the power of God. 
And we're about to get it. Well, getting ahead of myself. I'm trying, And I was going to go to chapter 3. We haven't even finished chapter 1 yet. Watch this. In whom we have a redemption, uh, we, uh, we have an inheritance. Go down to verse 13. In whom also trusted after you've heard the truth, the gospel. In whom after you believe, you were sealed with what? The Holy Spirit of promise. This promise is unto you, your children, and all them that are far off. What promise? To be filled with the Spirit of God. Okay? Which is, look at this, verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance. It's the initial first part of our inheritance that's in Christ. Being baptized with the Holy Spirit is the first initial of our inheritance. Okay? We have an inheritance in Christ. Okay? Everybody with that? Yes. We have an inheritance in Christ, which is to be a partner with God in His anointing. Which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of His glory. I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but let me help you understand what that means. It's the down payment. Earnest. How many of you ever bought a house or something? You had to have earnest money, a down payment. That wasn't the completion. That was the beginning of it. That was the entering into the contract. The Holy Spirit of promise is the down payment entering into a partnership with Jesus and his anointing. Amen. Am I making sense? Okay. It's the earnest until we get a body, physical body, individually like his glorious body. So right now, we've got the earnest, the down payment. We're going to receive a glorified body. Does that make sense to you now? Okay. Watch carefully. I know I'm talking to you on a different level, but we're, we're living in a different level. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in G the Lord Jesus... And love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now notice he referred in verse 15, the Lord Jesus, but he didn't say the Lord Jesus Christ here. Okay? Remember they first believe on the Lord Jesus, but Christ comes when the baptism of the Holy Ghost comes. That, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, watch this, the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, you can read this for yourself, verses 23 through 24. It says, Christ, Christ is the power of God 
and the wisdom of God. What did Paul pray here? That we would be given the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know, watch this, watch this, watch this, that you may know what is the hope, the expectation of the calling. God is calling people. He's calling them. He's giving them an invitation. What's the invitation? I'm going to give you an opportunity to be a partner with me in my anointing. I'm giving you an opportunity that you may know what is the hope of his calling, an invitation. Now watch this. And what is the riches of the glory, watch carefully, of his inheritance, where? In the saints. Now we talked about God gave us an inheritance but you are an inheritance to him if you take the invitation to be a partner with him on earth in his anointing. Are you understanding what I'm saying now, right now? Jesus, help us all to wake up. This is more clear to me than it ever has been in my life. And it's taken me years to get to this point because there is divine revelation for this moment that's been hidden for this moment. Yes, amen. The world's in a mess. And you got half the body of Christ don't even have an idea of what's going on. The answer is in Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The only hope that this nation or any other nation around the world has is Christ in the people that are in that nation. The reason why America is in the mess it's in is because the body of Christ never understood we needed anointed leadership in our government, not someone that would do what they wanted to do, but wanted to find out what God wants done. And the body of Christ has voted for them. We're in a, we're in a mess. Do you understand? We could be on the verge of World War III. Because of someone that's in leadership that does not know God, has a form of religion, but denies the power of Christ. He has sold his soul for the love of money. And I'm not just talking about him. He's not the only one. He's not the only one. That's the reason why when I get up here and say that you better be voting, God wants the anointed body of believers to show up at the polls to represent him with the anointing in that, when you vote, in that voting booth. He ain't asking you to go represent yourself. And we neglected to do this because we've not understood what we are. 
We are ambassadors for Christ to this earth. And that means in every avenue, every area of, of life itself on this earth, including government, finances, business, family, school, education, every single bit of it. It's in a mess because we've not perceived that God has called you and I as believers to be anointed everywhere we go and everything we do. Let me tell you, you better be anointed nowadays to go to work. You better be anointed today to get married. Saying some little ceremony doesn't mean you have an anointed marriage. Hollywood has glamorized a wedding day and not focused on a marriage. Marriage is is a holy union and it parallels the union with Christ. Well, I know I'm talking, I'm talking forcefully, but <clears throat> we got to grow up. If you want, to sp- you want me to speak with you with kid gloves, then you'll keep hitting the snooze button on the alarm that's being sounded. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. He's got a calling. He's got an inheritance in you. What is that inheritance? His anointing. That's your inheritance, but it's also his inheritance. Jesus paid the price for you to be qualified, to be filled with his presence, his power, his his wisdom which is also your inheritance for what he paid for. So you have an inheritance, but he has an inheritance. You are not your own. You have been bought with price. You belong to the anointed one and his anointing. The church has used all the principles that are in the Bible We've come to learn them how to be successful in our own endeavors. And then once we reach that success, we abandon the principle because now, quote, we're successful. You're not successful because you're popular. You're not successful because you got money in the bank. You're not successful because you got a plaque on the wall so you graduated from an idiot school. You're only successful when you understand why you're even here. You are here for the calling of God that's on your life. And we have squandered our inheritance. And God says it's time to wake up. Time is short. This is at hand the culmination of the ages. God Oh, Jesus, help me to get this. You that are viewing by live stream, I ain't left you out either. God had me change the name of this church to Omega Church. Why? Because it's an end time church. People think I'm talking about the book of Revelation all the time. 
No, I'm talking about equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry in the anointing of the Holy Spirit that will remove a burden and destroy a yoke. Religion has a form of godliness but denies the power of Christ to work. And God is saying, it's time for you to, this generation's got to have a demonstration of power. But in order for it to have a demonstration of power, you and I have to have a demonstration of the power in our own lives. Now, I need to tell you right now, the devil doesn't want that to happen, but he ain't going to stop it. God's going to find some people. Question is whether it's going to be you and me. Woo! Oh, I'm excited. And what is, watch this, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought where? In Christ, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Stop. Stop. How did he do it? He did it through the anointed one's anointing. Okay? The next part is very, very, very important. Listen to what the scripture says. The earth is the, I mean, heaven is the Lord's and the earth is his footstool. What is the earth? Footstool. footstool. It's the footstool of, of, of God. Watch carefully. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is uh, named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Well, what is coming? The kingdom of God on earth. And it put all things under his what? Feet. The church that's on earth today is the feet of Jesus. Now, pay attention right here. When a baby is born, I'm talking about a normal birth, when a baby is born, the first thing born is what? The head. The last thing to be born is what? The feet. Jesus, the head of the church, was baptized with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. The church on the earth is the last thing to be born with that power Okay? Baptized with that power. Listen carefully. Jesus was anointed that way even though he was God in the flesh so that we could understand where he's taken us. I know I'm really speaking. Listen, if this steak is too raw, cut it in little bitty pieces and go home and cook it. And it put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Who's the head of the church? Jesus, the firstborn. 
Watch this, verse 23. The church which is his body, the fullness, the what? Fullness. Of him that filleth all and in all. It's not just the head that was born. He wants to take it all the way to the feet. That's when it's complete. How many of you uh, stay with me? Oh, we got a little time. We're going to go to chapter 3. Glory to God. I, I'm not mad at you. I, I, I am talking to firm. I really am. But I, I know that. But I'm not mad at you. And God's not mad at you. Everybody get that? Amen. But I, I want you to pay attention. I don't, I don't, want, you to go, I don't want you to go and sleep. Because if you do, it's going to go right over your head and the devil will eat your lunch, pop your sack, and you say, where, where, is, where, where is God? Right where you left him. Okay. Go with me to chapter 3, verse 9. And to make all men see. Everybody say see. see. And that means everybody in the world to see what is the fellowship of the mystery. We, we've established what the mystery is. Christ in you, the hope of glory, right? To see the mystery of this fellowship. Now, when we talk about the word fellowship, this word fellowship could also mean partnership. Okay? Of the mystery from which the beginning of the world hath been hid in God. This has been hid from the foundation of the world. Who created all things by Jesus Christ. The act of the righteous Son now releases the anointing to come on every believer to the intent. What's the intent? That now, everybody say now. now. You're living, you know, you, you're living in the now. You're not living yesterday and you're not living the future. You're living in the now. Okay. Unto the principalities and powers in the spirit realm or the heavenly places might be made known by who? Church. The church or the body of Christ. The manifold wisdom of God. Now that word manifold means variegated. That's important because, well, guess what? We've been caught up into the world's lies and they're never going to bring Listen carefully. They're never going to bring an end to racism. It's never going to happen. It's a bone of contention that the devil's going to use to divide. Always has been, always will be. Jesus put an end to racism. And it proves it right here. There is many sides. Variegated means many sides or many colors too. Let me ask you this question. How many of you decided the color of your skin to be born in? How many, how many of you decided when to be born? How many of you in your mother's womb decided you were going to be male or female, have a male or female body? All of those decisions were made by somebody else and they weren't even made by your parents. They were made by God. Amen. You better wake up about right now. 
Racism is a work of the devil, and it can only be ended in Christ. He said, in the new creation system, there is neither male nor female. That doesn't mean that you are, you don't know what you are. It means there's no respect given one above the other. Okay? There's neither male nor female. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. All are one in Christ. In other words, all have the same access. As long as you blame somebody else's color of skin for the condition you're in, you're going to miss it. Because in Christ Jesus frees you from all that crap. Your goal as a Christian is to stay in the anointing of Jesus. To learn how to flow in it. But you have to be teachable and trainable. You can't let stubborn human flesh stand in the way of being disciplined, being, being, being taught, being trained by him, and even correcting you. In fact, I'm going to be real strong right here. I'm going to quote King James. If you try to escape correction, then you're trying, you are a bastard and not a son. That's what the King James says. What does that mean? You don't know what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a power that created the universe that he wants to put into you, but you won't let him cor cor uh, correct you, change you, instruct you to the point that you can flow with the current of that anointing. Instead, you resist it, stand in the way of it, and you balk at it. And guess what it does? When it does show up, it could cause Ananias and Sapphira in our day. You say, Pastor Ronnie, you're on fire. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, man, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. You still in chapter 3? God wants it to be made known by the church according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. He purposed this. This was the plan. In whom we have boldness. You notice after they were built, filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, they stood up with boldness. That w what are they confident in? They're confident in Christ in them. Something in them is greater than what's out here. And access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees under the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family, where? In heaven and in earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might. That word might is the same word power that is used in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He said, go to Jerusalem, wait until you be endowed or endued with power from on high. To be strengthened with might, how? By his spirit, where? In the inner man. 
that Christ, the anointed one in his anointing, may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye be rooted and grounded in love. Listen carefully, listen carefully. He's not talking about being rooted and grounded in your love for God. He's talking about you being rooted and grounded in his love for you. Because you don't even know how to love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. But you, most people don't even, well, all of us, we don't even know how to love ourselves. Always remember this. The true love of God is always in truth. Truth and love never, never, never violate themselves. If there's a fallacy, a manipulation, it is not the true love of God. It cannot be. Okay. May be able to comprehend with all the saints the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height and to know the love of Christ. Now stop right there. We only got a couple of verses that I'm going to finish with. But to know the love of Christ. We talked about knowing the love of God, right? right. Listen carefully. Once you understand the lengths, the depths, the breadths, the height of the extremes that he went to to give you the inheritance of his very power, nature, character, and life, then you're going to know that God loves you. You understand what I'm saying right now? He wants you to know the, the extremes. He went to the highest heights and the lowest depths. He went to the breadth, the length of this whole thing just to get you and I into where we can have an inheritance to the same power that raised him from the dead. Come on. And it's got to work in us so it can work through us. This generation's about to have an <laughs> impact of the power of God. Now watch carefully. And to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. I can't explain it to you. Okay? Let me tell you. Try to explain the baptism of the Holy Ghost to someone that don't know what the heck you're talking about. Well, I don't mind the Holy Ghost as long as I don't have to speak in tongues. You're worried about the speaking in tongues instead of the wanting the power. Now, let me ask you a question. If I put my fingers into the outlet in this wall, I'm going to have a surge of power. I probably will talk in a language you don't understand. You follow? The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit with the, with the evidence of speaking in tongues for a reason. Yes. That reason is it's a language of the Spirit. It's a language of the power that you feel surging in you. It is not a language of your head. Every language that we speak in today was learned and passed on by our ancestry. It's a language that men understand. But there's a language that the Spirit of God and your spirit understands. Are you following me? Quit worrying about speaking in tongues. I just want the power. I'm tired of being powerless in this crazy, screwed up world. 
Well, love Jesus? Is he, he filling you full of love to love me? Okay, just thought so. And to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you might be filled, watch this, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Can you under, man, that is, that blows my understanding. I mean, that totally just absolutely messes up my mind from what I perceive about God. He's indicating that the whole purpose of you going to, him going to the cross is to fill you with his fullness. Huh? Now listen carefully. The fullness of God. I can't get no more in there. But he just keeps pouring. Have you ever heard my cup runneth over? What's he talking about? My cup runneth over. He anoints my head with oil. Till the cup runs over. When the cup runs over, it spills onto the saucer. When it runs over the saucer, it spills onto the table. What he's talking about is filling his people with his fullness until it runs over you and hits this world that's hurting, that's dying, that's killing itself. He wants to fill you to overflowing. Glory to God. With the fullness of God. Now unto him, when you get full of the fullness of God, watch this. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. How? According to the power that works in you. Now folks, what we're talking about right now, I know you're going to have to take this home. You may have to listen to this again. You may have to cut this in smaller pieces. I get that. But I'm just telling you, this is where we're at right now. This generation needs a demonstration of that kind of power. Do you know why young people are sick and tired of religious activity that has no power in it? Because we haven't demonstrated it to them. Why haven't we demonstrated it to them? Because we've been asleep. And he said, awake thou that sleepest, and Christ shall give thee light. He'll give you understanding. And he's waking up the church to understand, I want to fill you with my power. It's the only thing that this generation will ever understand. They're not interested in our, our facades or interested in our meetings unless the power of God is there. It has to be. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, when he said, when I came to you, Corinthians, you know how I came to you. I didn't come enticing with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I came in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Yes. There's a power, and it's available. But guess what? He's only going to give it to those 
that'll humble themselves, let me use another word, are hungry for it. Because he ain't going to cram this down anybody's throat. The Bible says this. You make your calling and election sure. Peter's the one that said it. You make your calling and election sure. We see the calling that we just talked about. That means invitation. You make it. Who makes it? You do. Nobody can make that decision for you. I can't make you full of the Holy Ghost. I can't make you that way. Okay? You decide that. I decide that. Now, how do you make your calling and election sure? And this is where I want to close. Suppose that we divide this building, everybody here and those that are viewing by live stream, don't want to leave you out, into two groups. Remember those that make things happen? Those that watch what happened and those that wonder, what, what, what happened? You definitely don't want to be that last one. But I don't want to watch it. I want to make it happen. Suppose we divide it into two categories. And let's say that we've got Sonny over here. Sonny, stand up. And we got Raphael over here. Stand up, Raphael. Now we're going to divide this building into everybody in this building into two categories. We're going to appoint them to be captains. And everybody's going to participate. Okay? Let's suppose over here, Raphael turns to you and says, I want you on my team. Okay? And Sonny turns to you and says, I want you on my team. Now, they can point to you all day long. Say, I want you on my team. But until you get up and get behind them, will you become on their team? So the invitation went out, but it wasn't until you responded. Did you make that invitation? Sure. Do you understand what I just said? A calling is different than an election. But you make your calling and the election sure by the choice you make. Okay? So, if you got up and said, well, I'll be on your team, Raphael, if you let me be the pitcher. If I'm not going to be the pitcher, then I don't want to be on your team. Do you know that there are some Christians that have done that to God? Who decides your gifting? Who decides what you're going to play on the team? Wow, that went really big. You don't. Discovery has to happen to find out your anointing. Are you following me? 
Now, here's the sad part. Thank you, gentlemen, for standing up. The sad part is God in these last days is separating the sheep from the goats and the goats from the sheep. Now, listen very carefully. A goat is not a wolf. A goat is the one that always has the butt. Turn to your neighbor and say, I met some of them at that other church down the road. (laughs) Are you understanding what I'm talking about now? It's it's a separation. It's going going on in the body of Christ. It's going around the nations as well. I, I get that. There are sheep nations, goat nations. But he's also talking about he's doing the same thing in the body of Christ. The butts that don't want to do nothing. Don't want to participate. Here's what I'm saying. And become a team player. You get appointed to a team and you start telling the, the owner and the leadership of that team. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about Jesus as the head of the church, right? You start telling him, no, I, I don't want to do that. Then, you, then you're butting against the anointing. And you want to know why, 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 why ain't things going with what God says? Because you're butting the anointing and you don't know it. You, you don't know it. You think, well, I, I mean, you know, after all, I can do what I want to when I want to. Really? There are consequences to that attitude, you know that. The whole thing is God has a place for you that is beyond what you could ask or think. But you have to make that calling and election sure. You have to be trained, disciplined by him because you don't even know your own giftings. You don't understand the anointing he wants to put on you. Your part in this, it's your inheritance. Why would we throw it away? Because of our own stubborn flesh that doesn't want to be clothed with humility? Listen, God is not looking for an audience in these last days. I'm convinced more and more. He's looking for an army of believers that will walk in unison with the anointing. In lockstep with Jesus. Because he's growing something in the earth. These, you realize that you could be living in the time period where Jesus catches the church up. That's not, that's not some fairy tale way out there. We live at the close of this age. It's called the church age. And God's going to find somebody that will make their calling and election sure. But the choice is totally up to you. I can't make it for you and you can't make it for me. But as for me and Zona, we've already made our choice. Already made it. Everything I got belongs to him. Everything that I am belongs to him. Any goodness that I've ever received came from him. 
I owe him everything. Amen. I want you to bow your heads with me in just a moment. Now, Father, I thank you. You that are viewing by live stream, bow your heads. The only reason I want you to do that, I want you to internalize what the Holy Spirit is saying to us this morning. Thank you, Jesus. And I don't want you to be distracted by what other people do. Right now, God's going to begin to talk to you. The Holy Spirit's going to begin to move you. As he does, this is what I want you to do. I want you to make a choice. This is not church as usual. This is a different era for the church. If the Holy Spirit is urging you to make your calling and election sure, I want you to get out of your seat and come down here to the front. I want you to make that choice. You that are viewing by live stream, I want you to hear me. You may not be able to come down here to the altar, but you can stand up from your couch, your recliner. If you're driving down the road, pull over to the side, take a stand, get out of your seat, stand by the side of your automobile. Because God is moving across this land and he's invited us to move with him. Our generation is in desperate need of the manifestation of the anointing of Jesus upon his children who are willing to be trained, developed, will, willing to be, make their calling and election sure. They won't buck God and won't give him a long list of excuses but are willing to be enlisted. Thank you, Father. Right now for dealing with those that are viewing by live stream, those that are up here in the, audit, in the front here in the auditorium. Now I just want you to lift up your hands to Jesus. This is about surrender. Glory to God. This is about surrender. Thank you, Father. Now, Father, I thank you right now. In fact, I'm just going to lead you. Say, Lord, I clothe myself with humility. I want to move into a place whereby I can hear your voice and whatever I hear you say, that's what I do. Whatever I see you do, that's what I do. I want to move into a place whereby Jesus demonstrated that whatever he saw the Father do, that's what he did. Whatever he heard the Father say, that's what he said. Jesus, thank you for paying the price to give me this invitation to share in your inheritance of the anointing. To where I can, my life, to where my life can remove burdens and destroy yokes and touch people in this generation that needs an encounter with you. Lord, I give you the praise and I give you the thanksgiving 
for including me and not leaving me out of what you're doing in these last days. I believe you're coming soon and I want to be about your business. Thank you, Jesus. Now take, a, take the next 60 seconds now to just worship him. Thank you, Jesus. Praise him. Thank him. Glory be to God. This is where your life has purpose. This is why you're here. Glory to God. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We praise you and we thank you. Now, Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. As I pray, if there's anyone that has pain in their body or anyone that's sick or grieving, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your anointing to remove the burden of sickness and pain, to remove the burden and break the yoke of grief. In the name of the Lord Jesus, through the merits of the cross and by the power of his resurrection. Thank you, Jesus, right now. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Now, Father, I thank you that you filled them Fill them to overflowing with your presence. Fill their spirit. Cause it to run over. Till their cup is so full that it runs over. In the name of Jesus, it runs over. Glory be to God. Listen, someone is saying in their heart, but you don't know where I've come from, Pastor Ronnie. You don't know what my life has been like. Don't let condemnation keep you out. Jesus condemned sin in the flesh so that the spirit life could be lived in you. God's not interested in where you came from. He's interested in where you're going right now. Are you pursuing his call? That's the question. Answer it. I rebuke the spirit of condemnation. You turn loose in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you right now. By your spirit, you draw and deliver us from that lie. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. 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 You that are out here in the auditorium, just stand up right where you're at. Glory to God. Father, I thank you as we get ready to leave this place today. I thank you that we are surrounded by your grace. And it surrounds us like a shield. And that we hear your voice. And the voice of another we won't follow. We thank you, Lord, that you've given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. And you've given us your name, Jesus. 
to use, which we invoke right now and we declare in the mighty name of Jesus. Say that with me out loud, in the mighty name of Jesus. There'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Father, I thank you right now as we get ready to leave this place and go into our everyday lives, I thank you that you so fill us full of your love through the anointing that every person we come in contact with, your love oozes out and your anointing removes the burden and destroys their yoke. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. amen. Glory to God, give somebody a high five and say he finished five minutes ahead of time. <laughs> thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.